Our scripture reading today comes from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 5, verses 1 through 11, the story of how Jesus calling, calls his first disciples. Hear these words of scripture. One day, as Jesus was standing by the lake of Genesaret, the people were crowding around him and listening to the word of God. He saw at the water's edge two boats left there by the fishermen who were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little from shore. Then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into deep water and let the nets out for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. But because you say so, I will let down the nets. When they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so full they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell to Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord. I am a sinful man. For he and all his companions were astonished at the catch of fish they had taken. And so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. Then Jesus said to Simon, Don't be afraid. From now on, you will fish for people. So they pulled their boats on shore, left everything, and followed him. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Church, let's see if we can practice joy this morning. Good morning. morning. That's not too bad. Now, let's see if we can practice relationships. And if you're online worshiping with us, as we get up and greet each other when I say go, if you're online, I want you to reach out to somebody on your phone that maybe you've been thinking about or a family member you haven't talked to lately, and I want you to text a few people a greeting of good morning and see how all of that goes. So let's practice relationships. Go.
glad we can do <laughs> as opposed to doing everything on our Don't let me stop you. There was, um, there's two other, and I'm going to talk about that in my sermon, two other congregations that are doing this neighboring movement with us here in East Ohio. And we got on a Zoom call, Jen and Matt, who preached the other sermons, parts of the sermon series, and myself, and the two pastors from there. And one of the pastors, before they got started, challenged the congregation, before they started reaching out and neighboring, doing all of this and neighboring with each other and challenge them to in, go out to dinner or to lunch or invite somebody into their home that is outside of their friend group right here in the church community because even though they only worshipped about 60, there was a lot of them that didn't know each other. And so before we think about going out and meeting new people, how do we connect with each other? So the start of that might be my challenge to you at the end of church service today or if you're online, to reach out to somebody really deep into your contact list um, that you haven't reached out to, and to connect, maybe with a stranger, and introduce yourself. And it doesn't matter if you've both been a member of this church for 10 years. You still don't know each other, right? And it's okay to make a new friend and meet a new neighbor. So this week, the World Health Organization declared that the COVID pandemic is no longer a world public health emergency. They didn't say it's over, let's not be confused, but rather that COVID is an ongoing health concern. And we know that there were many people that lost loved ones and others who continue to live in some isolation and have mental health concerns as a result of all the changes in life that have been caused by the pandemic. The pain of it is still real, and we celebrate that we've moved on at some level, but there are others who haven't. And we continue to pray for and to be sensitive to the concerns and the trauma that have been caused by this crisis. And of course, we remember when it all started, February 2020. And I bring that up because that was when I first became introduced to this neighboring movement that we are talking about right now. I moved to this area, Northfield Center, um, Nordonia Hills community is where I live, 19 years ago when I got married. I had lived in Mentor and was working up there. And my husband and Danny and I consider this our forever home. It's a ranch. It's located near family and great resources like the Cuyahoga Valley National Park and hospital systems. But this community before 2020 was a place where I passed through on my way to other places, to churches to preach or on mission trips on my way to Liberia or to visit friends and mentor where I had lived for almost 20 years or family in Cincinnati. But in February 2020, it was the home, the neighborhood, the community where I landed, where I sheltered in place. And that meant missioning in place, putting down roots and looking around 
and learning and discovering what was happening right in my own community, right here at Brexville UMC, and leaning into my work with missions and community engagement. I had the mission stuff down, but the community engagement piece is something we've all leaned more into in our lives. And we have dogs, so we already walked the neighborhood as we talk about the neighboring movement. And we knew some people's names, or at least their dogs' names, right? And I began to connect with the Emergency Assistance Center, which is the food pantry that serves other communities around. A place where I passed by, but was always curious about, but never had time to check out. I got connected virtually with the Ministerium, in Nordonia Hills, and then we started Zooming about work and missions. And that's when I met Adam Barlow, who's the founder of the Good Neighbor Experiment and the Good Neighboring Movement. He's a United Methodist pastor out of the Nebraska Great Plains Annual Conference, and he was invited by the General Board of Discipleships, your apportionment dollars at work, to do a webinar during COVID about the work he was doing in community engagement. And I listened to Adam talk about this neighboring movement that we're preaching about. And he talked about the evangelism field of eight doors closest to you. So I baked bread and I wrote notes to my neighbors and gave them our cell phone numbers and said, if you need anything during this COVID crisis, just let me know. And Danny and I delivered those on our little cul-de-sac street to our neighbors, and we got to know some people. And then about a year later, another neighbor and I passed out some flyers, and we had a neighborhood block party, all because of some of the things that Adam talked about in that webinar that I experienced. And then about a year ago, I walked into the Board of Ministry for a training program, and there was Adam standing there leading the training program. And I said, aren't you that neighboring movement guy? Why don't we start this in East and West Ohio? Because he already has relationships here in East and West Ohio. Because relationships, we learned last week, are a key part of transforming the world and transforming our own lives. So we've talked about joy, living authentically as God created you. The other part of this recipe of being a good neighbor is relationships and connecting with those who live near you and share talents and to give and to receive care from each other. And then this week, today, we're going to talk about abundance, discovering gifts in all people and sharing them with the community. So we are going to become people of abundance when we focus on our giftedness and invite others to share their gifts. And this is the last week in our official neighbor, Good Neighbor Sermon series, but the beginning of the Good Neighbor Experiment for all of us. And we're reminded that this is not a series about proselytizing. We're not asking you to knock on the door and tell somebody about Jesus and the, your church. We're asking you to go and to build a relationship with people authentically. Unless you want to share Jesus with someone or someone asks you about that. But to be authentic and share naturally what is your life and your experience. And while we consider this movement to be evangelism, it's only in the sense that it helps to build relationships with the people who live or work near us. 
Some of you may, some of your neighbors may already have a community of faith that you don't know anything about or they don't. It's about building relationships with each other. I love how Jen talked about seeing the church not just as a place where people come, but a place where people are sent out into the world all week long to do their Jesus thing in their Jesus way. So on Monday, tomorrow, the experiments begin, and you've been invited to sign up for a link and be a part of and meet Adam, who I just spoke about, and be a part of the Good Neighbor Experience and be challenged to um, live out. There's, these books are in the um, hallways. You'll also receive these virtually if you don't want a printed copy. But the experiments um, that are a part of that... And you'll be on a Zoom with people from Nebraska and Texas and Talmadge United Methodist Church and Streetsboro United Methodist Church are the two other churches in East Ohio that are doing this and begin to build on joy and relationship and abundance. In May, the experiments will talk about joy. The whole month of May will be focused on joy after this. June is about relationships and, Jul and July is about abundance experiments. So consider being a part of those. I also loved Jen's analogy of food and cooking and recipes when she preached about joy. Isn't it true how powerful a meal is or the common experience of cooking together is to build relationships and share laughter and a dash of conversation and bam, a community is created. Today we have a table set before us, a feast, as we gather for communion. I'm reminded about the simplicity of the recipe for no-need bread. Is there anybody here who makes no-need bread? It's so simple, isn't it? Three simple ingredients. I was visiting a friend and she taught me the recipe of just four simple ingredients. Flour, yeast, salt, and water. But none of that is any good without a bit of time for resting and letting it rise and heat 425 degrees to be exact, 12 hours of rising and cooking time and planning ahead if you want it for the next day. Four simple ingredients can get hijacked and are made more complicated. Neighboring, three simple ingredients, relationships, joy, and abundance, but without time, intention, prayer, and a desire gets hijacked and is not possible. Today we read a scripture where we experience Jesus and he discovers and views the world through a lens of abundance. All people are gifted when they use their gifts and they experience wholeness and the community gets stronger. We hear the scripture about a boat and Simon and Jesus. And up to this point in the book of Luke, Jesus has acted alone. It's just Jesus doing Jesus this thing. Jesus is born and dedicated at the temple and he's blessed by Anna and Simeon. Jesus grows up 
and visits the temple and was accidentally left behind in the book of Luke, if you remember that story, by his parents. And by the chapter 5, is already a grown man. He's been baptized. His genealogy from the line of Joseph is remembered. And he's tempted by the devil in the wilderness for 40 days. He has tried preaching and teaching in Nazareth, but was chased out of there. He traveled on and he announced himself at the temple, healed people, taught people, and they were impressed. They chased him out. He chased out demons from people already and healed someone named Simon's mother-in-law from a fever. But Jesus was working all alone doing these things without disciples and was already attracting a crowd. And this is when we meet Simon again. We already met him at his mother-in-law's house when his mother-in-law was healed from a fever. But this time he's in a boat and on the water and doing his work of fishing. And the boats used in this time are roughly 26.5 feet long and 7 feet wide and four feet deep to sink a boat of this size would with fish would require a large catch of fish in february i went on a pilgrimage i journeyed to the holy land where we visited the sea of galilee a different location but i was on a boat much like this one and while on our boat we worshiped We looked around and imagined and wondered and reflected on the stories of Jesus on the water, in boats and calming storms and fishing and preaching. We were in the boat and we were in the stories of Jesus. So Jesus was on this boat, though, in this book of Luke, chapter 5, that we read today, initially not to fish. He was trying to get away from the crowds. He used the boat to get away from them and to use the boat as a pulpit to teach and to preach to the crowd. doesn't tell us in the scriptures what he said. And it wasn't until after church was over that Jesus suggested to the captain and crew that they go fishing. And you heard Simon in the scripture reading today, negative and not wanting to go to work. We already tried fishing here. It's a waste of time, but okay, Jesus. Was it, was it something that Jesus had said during preaching that convinced Simon about him? Or was he even remembering perhaps that he had healed his grandmother and there might be something to this guy and we should go out and we should do what he tells us to do? And obey him and try anyway and have a little bit of hope. The message version of the scripture says that Simon was in an overwhelming awe and used these words I'm a sinner and I can't handle this holiness. Leave me to myself. And Jesus, much like calming the storm on the water, calms Simon and everyone else and everyone else's fears with a future hope that they will follow him 
The call to follow Jesus requires a reordering of our commitments for the disciples who must leave everything to answer the call and to ourselves as we seek to answer the call to be a good neighbor. To be a great neighbor, you must intentionally choose to see the world through God's eyes. And God has eyes of abundance. The founding belief of the neighboring movement is that all people are gifted. And that when their gifts, their experience, they experience wholeness and community get stronger. We must always be seeking gifts and holiness in each other and invite each other to use their gifts that they discover. As we talk about the key ingredients of neighboring this week, we move from scarcity to abundance. There's a natural focus on scarcity in the world. Just read the news or, or pull on your, up your phones or listen to the radio. Churches often feel a scarcity of resources about recruiting volunteers and maintaining buildings and staying relevant in a shifting culture. While scarcity gets all the headlines sometimes, abundance lives in each and every person and is discovering by, and is discovered, abundance is discovered by connecting around gifts or our assets. What do you have going for you, whether as an individual, as a family, as a church community? Gifts are our talents, our interests, our hobbies, our skills, or our abilities. And when we seek to discover the gifts in each other and yourselves, we often say, much like Simon Peter said to Jesus, go away from me, Lord, I'm sinful. Okay, maybe it's not that dramatic. But oftentimes when somebody says, what are you good at? Well, I'm not really good at much of anything. I'm kind of average. No, I can't do that. I don't know. I'm not good at much. But we need to push back with each other and invite neighbors and ourselves into sharing through encouragement and curiosity. I'm a coach for Girls on the Run, which is an after-school program for third through eighth graders that has a curriculum about balance and active life, confidence, communications, emotions, and so much more. One of my favorite lessons that we talk about is positive self-talk, the things that we can discuss, say to ourselves and how we see ourselves. The opposite of positive self-talk is negative self-talk. You have talents. We all have talents. And I tell these little girls when I'm talking about this lesson, if you figure this out now, you're going to save yourself a whole lot of heartache down the road. Amen? We know how to talk negatively about ourselves, but as Christ followers, do, believe, do we believe that we've been created for a purpose? Yes, we're sinners, like Simon said, declares about himself, and we are not enough, and we are broken in our relationships with each other. But with Christ, we are enough. With Christ, our sinful nature is still there, but we are redeemed, and we have something to offer the world. And as Jesus says to Simon, don't worry, I got you. Jesus says that to us, and we have the opportunity to say that 
to our neighbors. We have talents and we need to speak positively about ourselves. And we have abundance and we have blessings and we have talents. When you discover a gift in your neighbor, it's easier to invite them to participate in community. People are more generous when they have been, are invited to do things they love and have, are skilled to do. Imagine the folk, church folks stepping into a role in, in the connector of gifts. In the role the church begins to support the community by matching gifts with gaps and services and, and share gifts with each other. When we act out of our giftedness, there is an energy and a synergy that is similar to what the disciples must have felt like in that boat when they said yes to following Jesus. Can you imagine the excitement, the anticipation, the fear, the possibility, but the abundance is like having Holy Spirit wind at your back and the work becomes lighter and more enjoyable and full of joy. Jesus sees giftedness in the men on the boat, even when they don't see it for themselves. Seeing abundance often means pushing through scarcity and through risk. Being brave is not about not being afraid. It's about acting and responding anyway and getting rid of our negative self-talk and out of our comfort zones and seeing the good in all people, including ourselves. The ingredients of abundance does not require us to ignore the needs of the world. Instead, it is about strategizing for addressing the needs of starting with strengths in the first place. I was a part of an exercise group that I went to on a regular basis before COVID. And I liked going there because I could be anonymous, like nobody knew I was a pastor. Until one day they figured it out or found out somehow. But when they found out what I did in Liberia, they wanted to be a part of it. They raised money for a water well in Liberia. And there is a water well in Liberia that says Hudson Jazzercise on it because I opened myself up to community. I opened myself up to the possibility of knowing other people, letting other people know me, and they got invited into the work that I did. Being generous and knowing each other and being joyful and authentic and being in relationship is, is not just about finances either. It's about sharing our talents and our wisdom and our resources and our passions and so many more things that we haven't even imagined. For instance, Craig Kropnick loves playing the guitar, doesn't he? And if you ask him to play the guitar anywhere, he goes to the city of Cleveland to play his guitar on a regular basis. He'll play the guitar. Michael, you can't help but paint Jesus, can you? You love painting. He'll paint for you if you ask him, amen? Dana loves young people and will say yes to doing just about anything for a young person. Rasul loves cooking. And if we have an event that involves food, you know that Rasul will say yes to being a part of things. Jen is talented at yoga and offers her gifts to the community. Jenny 
can't stop talking about nature and God's creation and the beauty of it all. And Dawn can't stop taking photos, even whether you don't want him to take one of you or not. <laughs> Alan didn't even know what I was preaching about today and what I was saying, and he says to me, we have a lot of talented people here. We have people. Do you get it? If you're an organizer, organize, do something. Grab people together. The gift of welcome and hospitality that Kathy Abel has and is one of our ushers, the power in our talents and in our gifts when we share them with each others, ta-da, abundance and community and blessing and energy and creativity and synergy. Imagine the untapped resources and gifts in this world for the building of the kingdom of God that are in your neighborhood, that live just a few feet away from you for this journey that we are on together. So many in your neighborhood, on your street, the things you don't know about each other and the offerings that might help meet needs in the world are abundant. So the challenge this week is for us to look for abundance in our gifts. Think about your head and the gift of your mind. What is something you know so well that you could teach to someone else? Painting classes? Photography classes? Your hands. What's something you can make or build or create with your hands? And your heart. What is something or some group of people that you love? And how does abundance and relationship and joy intersect with all of that? Yesterday, I heard a Rick Steves travel show on NPR. He was interviewing Martin Sheen and his son Emilio Estevez about the relaunch of their movie about the Camino Trail. The Camino Trail is a spiritual journey through parts of Spain and Portugal and France. The Camino Trail is a spiritual journey through parts of uh, Spain, and I said that. The Camino's essential role was to encourage cultural exchange and connections and relationships between people all over the world from many other centuries. Global neighboring, perhaps. But I heard it said on this NPR travel program that we are all on a journey or a pilgrimage. Muslims journey to Mecca, Christians journey to the Holy Land or to holy sites and churches. Seekers walk the Appalachian Trail and mountains and towpaths, and sometimes those three things intersect because we're all passing through life. Whether we travel across the globe or travel across the street, we are traveling on this journey, and travel has the power to change us. 
to crack our hearts open so that we have the courage to be our most authentic self, to be all that created us to be, that God created us to be, to be compassionate to each other, and to help the other be all that God created them to be. So I invite you to pull out your bulletin right now as we prepare to celebrate communion. Because we pray this prayer for communion. And I believe that this neighboring movement is the way to do the work of this prayer. To love our neighbors and to hear the cry of the needy. This is a way to live into that prayer and to the redemption of the world that Jesus offers to us. So will you continue on this neighboring journey with me this summer? Imagine the places we will go, the people we will meet, and the gifts and the needs that we will discover. Let us pray this prayer together as you do the bold. Merciful God, we confess that we have not loved you with our whole heart. We have failed to be an obedient church. We have not done your will. We have broken your law. We have rebelled against your love. We have not loved our neighbors, and we have not heard the cry of the needy. Forgive us, we pray. Free us for joyful obedience. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Hear the good news. Christ died for us while we were yet sinners. That proves God's love toward us. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. Glory to God. Amen. I'm going to go off script for just a moment, Pastor Kathy. Your words inspired and from your heart reminded me of my previous congregation where I worked with the preschool and in September every year I would take them on a tour of the church so they could see all of it and not just their preschool section and we would take them to see the food pantry where our church shared from abundance. In the narrow space we filed single file among the canned goods on either side. And the kids would point to the peas and one kid would say, I don't like those. And another kid would say, I don't like the beans, the lima beans or something like that. And I noticed one day, there was a little girl who was weeping quietly at the end of the line. And so we took her outside and said, are you all right? You don't want to be in there? And she said, no, I'm happy. And I don't know why I'm crying. She said, a year ago, 
Mommy brought me here and we took food from this place because we didn't have enough. And she says, now I'm happy because we don't have to come here anymore. From abundance, we shared. 153 fish were shared by those disciples. From abundance, the church shares. Let us pray. Holy God, we give you thanks and praise. Blessed are you, ruler of the earth and the heavens. We praise you because in times when our hearts fail to be the loving, kind people you created us to be, you remind us of your covenant of love, that you always love us and you love every one of us. You made covenant to be our sovereign God, spoke to us through your prophets, and you continue to remind us of your abundance in nature and creation. These hills around us in the Cuyahoga Valley are teeming with life as we hear birds sing sweetly in the trees in the mornings, and we see the flowers budding and the leaves breaking forth, all reminders that winter is over for now and your love continues again. We remember at this time how your love poured forth in your son Jesus Christ, who healed the sick, loved the poor, and taught every one of us. We remember how he preached good news and proclaimed release to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind. And he came to set at liberty, those who are oppressed. And he announced to us that the time had come when you would save your people. We remember how he gave his life for us on the cross. But he didn't stay dead, he rose again and shared with your people all that you have for us. On the night in which he gave himself up for us, he took bread and gave thanks to you and broke the bread, gave it to his disciples and said, take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. When the supper was over, he took the cup and gave thanks to you, gave it to his disciples and said, drink from this all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And so in remembrance of these, your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, signs of your abundant love, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice. In union with Christ's offering for us, we offer ourselves to our neighbors around us and to all people as we proclaim the mystery of faith, Christ has died, Christ is risen, and Christ will come again. Pour out your Holy Spirit on us gathered here and on these gifts of bread and the cup. Make them be for us the body and blood of Christ that we may be for the world, the body of Christ, redeemed by his blood. By your Spirit, make us one with Christ, one with each other, 
and one in ministry to all the world until Christ comes in final victory and we feast at his heavenly banquet. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit and your Holy Church, all honor and glory is yours, Almighty God, now and forever. Amen. We who are many are one body, for we partake of the one loaf. Come, the table is ready.
Let us pray. Eternal God, we give you thanks for this holy mystery in which you have given yourself for us. Grant that we may go into the world in the strength of your spirit to give ourselves for others. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Please stand in body or in spirit as we sing our closing hymn together. each Sunday is remind you that church doesn't end when the worship service is over. The message goes with us into our daily lives and the work of the church continues through your help. And here are some of the ways to use your gifts that you discover and engage with BUMC in the coming weeks. Today there will be a special worship service at 3 p.m. Come celebrate our ninth anniversary of becoming a reconciling church. Our guest preacher will be Joy Futton-Jones, and our district superintendent, Reverend Bruce Hitchcock, will serve communion. Come join us in person, hopefully on the lawn uh, or online, or in the sanctuary if it rains. Um, and then uh, Kathy was talking to us about the Joy Lab that kicks off online tomorrow at 7.15 p.m. We'll join in conversations with leaders from the neighboring movement and from churches all across the country as we take a deeper look at how we can neighbor joyfully. 
uh, as our true and authentic selves. If you can't join live, you can access the recording later. Register at our BUMC links for more information, and everyone is invited to join that. Our church is exploring the use of the SAS model for governance. Now, what does that mean for BUMC and our committee work here? Stop in the parlor after service and chat. I think Janine will be there and Eric possibly. Um, maybe he might be at the, after the 1030 and Rick uh, will be there and maybe some others so that you can find out. They, they can answer all of your questions. And we will also be hosting a town hall meeting on Wednesday this week at 7 p.m. in the parlor and online. Um, and you can attend that and ask all of your questions as well. The Emerald Necklace Garden Club will be hosting their spring plant sale here next Saturday, May 13th, in our fellowship hall. Uh, and we are going to be hosting a refreshment stand during the sale. All proceeds will benefit our bike ministry. If you want to help, sign up for a shift to serve refreshments or donate baked goods for the sale. And as always, there are just countless ways to get off your donkey uh, in the month of May. Check out your bulletin uh, or in the Good Word to read about the Camp Wanaki Workday, the next Bike Fix It, marching with us in the Memorial Day Parade, and that's just to name a few. Sign up and do something awesome. Now let us receive the benediction so we can go and do God's good work. Part of the communion liturgy reads, By your spirit, make us one with Christ and one in ministry to all the world. May we go and be in ministry with each other and all of the world, in Liberia and beyond and on our street and in our workplaces. Go and be the church deployed to the world. Go in peace but not in pieces. <laughs>